And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. 15. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll discuss an exciting pitcher debut and a surprisingly valuable infielder. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have not had uh, three co-brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Monday, May 3rd. I'm Al Melchior, and with me to kick off the week here is Derek Van Riper. DVR, action-packed weekend here, so let's get right to it. We've got uh, an injury list situation here for Luis Robert, uh, a right hip flexor strain. And then uh, over on the north side, we have uh, Ian Happ um, with what would appear to be a pretty serious injury. He had a collision with Nico Horner, had to leave the field on a cart. Um, I have not seen anything as of this recording in terms of uh, what the specific injury is for for Ian Happ. But um, as far as Luis Robert goes... um, you know, the, uh, the White Sox, they've kind of mixed and matched. Um, but Adam Engel maybe could be back soon. Is there any play to make there? Uh, Engel to me is just such a glove first player. I don't get too excited about him when he gets opportunities to play, but Larry Garcia probably gets another little bump in playing time. And I think the more interesting player to think about right now is Jake Marisnik, not because Marisnik is necessarily good, but because if you look at the Cubs depth chart right now, they do not have a lot of options that can comfortably play center field. And Marisnik was playing a decent amount anyway because of the absence of Jock Peterson. So uh, if Happ is forced to miss some time, I could see Marisnik basically taking on an everyday role until one of those outfielders is ready to come back. Yeah, and there's uh, some power potential there. Uh, definitely not much batting average potential, but uh, some appeal to be sure. Uh, Some good news here for Trevor Story. I suppose we can look at it that way. He left uh, the Rockies game against Diamondbacks early after getting uh, hit by pitch on his finger, but x-rays came back negative. So, you know, it it seems like probably an injury list situation here is improbable, but for the short term, I mean, is there enough risk here that there's, you know, maybe in a really shallow league that you would consider sitting Story uh, if he were to miss a game or two? Yeah, I think if we get a little more information on Monday that points to him missing a little time without going on the IL, we could go down that route. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> looking at their depth, Alan Trejo has been getting some playing time recently, and you talk about players whose names pop up for the first time, and you have the who reaction. <laughs> uh, a 16th rounder of the Rockies back in 2017. looks like he'd be the guy most likely to pick up playing time because of all the injuries they've got on their depth chart right now. All right. And Shohei Otani also hit by a pitch on Sunday. He has a sore right elbow. 
I don't know if this would affect his DH status at all, but he is supposed to start against the Rays on Monday. So that's one that I think we really have no choice but just to keep tabs on his situation uh, up until the lineup lock there because, uh, you know, maybe he, he misses at least that one starter or gets pushed back. Just speculating here, but uh, a situation we definitely have to watch. Jesus Lazardo has gone on the IL with a hairline fracture of his left pinky and DVR. This is one we can probably add to the list of pretty bizarre injuries. Got this injury playing a video game right before his last start and uh, went out and pitched anyway. Uh, but uh, then, you know, had the x-rays that revealed the fracture. So um, it's uh, kind of back to square one for the athletics because it looked like they were going to go with the six-man rotation with the return of Mike Fires, but it looks like this just puts them right back to a five-man rotation. Yeah, bizarre that Lizardo suffered this injury playing a video game. I would love to know what video game he was playing if he was going old school and playing Tecmo Super Bowl where you have to button mash to break tackles or, or what exactly happened here. <laughs> but uh, a surprising development nonetheless and disappointing because I looked at him as kind of an early buy low sort of target where available. Yeah, an unfortunate timing in that regard. Uh, but yeah, the, the report uh, straight from Bob Melvin was that he he banged the pinky against a table. Um, and not, it doesn't sound like it was an anger necessarily, just <laughs> just a, a random pinky movement that did not end well for uh, Jesus Lazardo. Uh, Dustin May is going to have an MRA on his right arm on Monday. Uh, so... Of course, he's going to likely be out for for quite a while, but that's the latest there. So there'll be you know certainly more information on May, hopefully uh, later on Monday. Here's the the big good news, exciting news. DVR put all this injury stuff to the side for a moment here. Daniel Lynch is going to make his major league debut on Monday against Cleveland, joining the Royals rotation. Uh, there's a uh, sort of a domino effect here that I really didn't expect. I was very excited about Jake Junis making two starts this week. Not only is he not making two starts, he's making zero starts. He's moving back to the bullpen. So uh, if you were counting on Mike Miner this week making two starts, it looks like that's still intact. That's another one you should probably check on before you set your lineups for good. But Daniel Lynch making a start on Monday against Cleveland, and that would line him up for a second start against the White Sox. Yeah, I mean, a reasonably tough second matchup, especially, and it comes down to how much you trust Lynch to be polished enough to work his way out of jams if he finds any, right? I mean, we're we're dealing with this with all prospects. The lack of stops in the upper levels of the minor leagues. Daniel Lynch would have pitched at double A and possibly triple A had there been a minor league season last year. Since he didn't, we have to wonder how much development occurred last year and how good the stuff is and how quickly he'll be able to adjust. But I did think he was worth bidding on once that news broke late Sunday. Uh, even in 12-team mixed leagues because it's a two-start week, I don't know if he sticks beyond that in 12-teamers. A lot will hinge on how he looks, number of pitches he's throwing, where the command's at once we get a look at him this week. All right. Well, you know, certainly one of the more exciting debuts uh, that we've had to look forward to this year. And, you know, the fact that he got the call maybe speaks to the development that has occurred. But, again, it's all sort of in a black box for us as a, a fancy community, so we'll find out soon enough. Uh, Juan Soto threw from 90 feet in the outfield on Sunday. And according to Dave Martinez, he said, hopefully it won't be much that much longer. So a little bit cryptic. But uh, that to me, I'm reading that maybe we see Juan Soto sometime this week. I'm not going to start him uh, because it's just, you know, uh, probably best case scenario is middle of the week, I would think. But it uh, sounds like we're not possibly too far away. 
Yeah, certainly some good news there. I keep wondering how they're going to make the pieces fit with Yadiel Hernandez once Soto comes back because I feel like Hernandez has hit enough where they're going to want to keep his bat in the lineup. I just don't know who from the outfield mix loses playing time or who might actually move to a different position if that's even on the table. Yeah, um, I mean, my assumption is that uh, Hernandez would be be odd man out, but uh, yeah, certainly making things interesting there. Uh, Travis Darno was placed on the 60-day injured list with a left thumb sprain, and then Alex Jackson, who was the you know presumptive beneficiary of the playing time, receiving the playing time, he has gone on the 10-day injured list with a strained hamstring. So uh, Braves have called up prospect William Contreras, and looks like he's just going to inherit that starting catcher role right away. He did start on Sunday against the Blue Jays. Uh, and it was a bad uh, weekend for catchers. Omar Narvaez going on the injured list with a strained, ham- strained hamstring. Alejandro Kirk with a strained hip flexor. Uh, so, uh, you know, certainly uh, there's room for William Contreras in, in some sort of league, probably deeper one. But, uh, you know, a lot of people looking for catchers out there this weekend. Uh, Daniel Bard not having a good season so far. really got worse on Sunday. Another bad outing against the Diamondbacks. So while I've not seen any reporting on him losing the job, this certainly is one of those situations where, you know, it, it seems like we as fantasy managers, we we have to move on this one uh, because it seems like his his days could be numbered as the Rockies' closer. So uh, I did put a bid in on Michael Givens on Sunday for the Fab. Um, didn't get him only because I got uh, Josh Stamont instead, which I'm perfectly fine with. But do you think Givens is uh, the, the next in line there? Yeah, I think it's Givens just slightly ahead of Robert Stevenson. Carlos Estevez could be in that mix, too. I think he's got at least one save already this season. Mm-hmm. And Bard was a great story in 2020, but it didn't seem likely to last. I mean, he's old because he was away from the game for so long, already 35 years old. And it's just, it's so tough to beat Coors in the long run anyway. So um, I'm a bum because it was a happier story when he was closing out games and having that high leverage role. But I think he's going to probably get permanently replaced in that spot. Yeah, it does look likely. Well, let's just take a look at a handful of Sunday standouts. Um, Jose Arana with his fourth straight seventh inning performance with two runs or less, uh, two runs exactly against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. And this time even with some strikeouts, seven strikeouts in those seven innings, going up against Corey Kluber, who had a great start of his own. Eight innings, scoreless, 10 strikeouts for Kluber. Kluber also coming off of a good start in Baltimore, uh, his previous outing. So a couple of very favorable matchups there for Kluber. So is it, uh, you know, Coast is clear to to make him active going forward, or do you want to see him put up these kinds of numbers against uh, a, a better offense? I still think he's pretty matchup dependent. It's obviously a big step in the right direction, but I don't think we're at set it and forget it status with Corey Kluber just yet. All right. And I saw uh, on Sunday evening, you tweeted something out about Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. I was going to ask you about him just because you and I have had conversations about him. You have been a skeptic for quite a while. And he turned in his fifth homer and fifth stolen base on Sunday against the Red Sox uh, in a two for three performance. Uh, he is now among, or actually coming into Sunday's game, so he's probably climbed a little bit since then, coming into Sunday's game, top eight, both among third baseman and shortstops and roto value. So anything changing for you, or are you still still skeptical? I'm stubborn slash stupid, so I'm still skeptical. <laughs> Projections haven't changed much, still hitting the ball on the ground a lot. I don't know if you can look at the underlying numbers and, and say with any sort of conviction that 
He's a radically different player. I think the encouraging thing, the one encouraging thing is the hard hit rates up to 37.6%. That is a career high. Uh, in terms of max exit velo and average exit velo, the max is in line with his previous norms. The average is a tick higher, probably again, because of the hard hit rate. So a slight uptick in power is possible. I don't think we're talking about Isaiah Kiner-Falefa as a 2020 player when the season is over. I think this was probably his best power month or power stretch of four or five weeks that we're going to see all year. Uh, but he does have a job. He is pr- in a prominent spot in the lineup. And I do think the speed actually holds up reasonably well. And there are still some platforms out there where he's catcher eligible. So in certain situations, he's still very useful, even though I find this to be an outlier. All right. Well, you know, 2020, that would he could reach that with a lot of regression because he's on a 30-30 pace. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, I'm a little skeptical myself. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, well, let's look ahead to the Monday streamers. Pretty small slate here, so pretty limited selection, but a few interesting names, including Daniel Lynch, who we've already talked about uh, going against Cleveland and uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron Savali. Um, Tyler Anderson, who I've liked quite a bit this season, he's going to be starting at the Padres, uh, and they'll be going with Miguel Diaz. I'm assuming that's going to be a bullpen game for them. Adrian Hauser at Philadelphia, Vince Velasquez starting for them, and Dean Kramer, who you've liked uh, on some past shows as a streamer going up uh, against the Mariners in Seattle. So that's a pretty nice matchup, a great venue. Mariners going with the bullpen game there as well. And just going to throw out a, a couple of stats real quick here. 840 ERA for Kramer, but a 383 Sierra and a 341 XFIP. So some of those advanced metrics like Kramer maybe as much as you do, DVR. Yeah, he's still missing bats. He's not walking the world. He's had a home run problem to this point. I mean, I think you could do a lot worse. I think if I'm streaming Dean Kramer, it's in a 14 or a 15 team mixed league. It's not anything more shallow than that, just given the struggles that he's shown us so far. Of the names you mentioned, I think Lynch is head and shoulders first for me of the group. I think otherwise, Tyler Anderson would be second. I just don't like that matchup against the Padres. So I think I'd go Lynch, Kramer, Hauser, Anderson, but I could see putting Anderson ahead of Hauser. I don't think there's much that separates those two at all. All right. Yeah. Tough matchups in their their own ways. Uh, let's look ahead beyond uh, Monday to the whole week here. Um, taking some things from the the weekly planner that I wrote for The Athletic uh, just before the weekend. Yerman Mercedes, um, there was a, a statement from Tony LaRusso that kind of validated the concerns I had about starting him this week. As crazy as it may seem to not start Mercedes, it's a five-game week for the White Sox. The first two are at Cincinnati, no DH, and LaRusso said that Mercedes may not play those games, or at least not start them. Potential three-game week for him. Can can you afford to start them? No, you really can't. I mean, AL only leagues, three games might be enough, but mixed leagues, you have to play somebody else in weekly formats. All right. Red Sox and Twins, very good matchups this week. Red Sox three against the Tigers, uh, then three in Baltimore. Twins four versus the Rangers, then three at Detroit. So just a few names here. Enrique Hernandez, Christian Arroyo for the Red Sox. Where do you feel comfortable starting them? Uh, 15 teamers and deeper. I mean, with Arroyo, there's not really any power there, even though the hit tool looks decent. I think the playing time is stable, but I'm not really 
going out of my way for either one of them. I think they're both just nice glue guys on a roster. All right. Arroyo will be my utility hitter this week in TGFBI for whatever that's worth. Um, so some twins, Luis Arias, uh, is he ready for 12 teamers? He's fringy for me. I've got him in a few 12 teamers and every week it comes down to the number of games. They've got seven this week. So he's probably in, in most situations for me. Yeah. And with good matchups, Alex Kirilov coming into the week, red hot. Um, give him a whirl in 12 teamers. Yep, definitely. Mitch Garver, uh, ready for one catcher leagues yet. Three homers in the last three games. Uh, good matchups, but you know, obviously a, a lot of uh, or a big hole to dig out of uh, so far this year. You could probably pick him up in a one catcher league at this point. I think, especially if you lost someone like Omar Narvaez, you're just looking for some pop. And I think Garver's playing a little better than Ryan Jeffers as well, so that keeps that playing time pretty stable. That's going to wrap up this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you do have a chance to rate and review the podcast, we always do appreciate it when you do take the time to do that. For Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll return here on Tuesday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.